You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. Greetings, lexiconosaurs and word chefs. Welcome to episode 41 of The Melting Podcast with the Sniffly Kitty. 41 already? 41. Soon to be 42. Well, you realize what today is. Tomorrow. What day what? is today? <laughs> well, you're on the right track because it's the Melting Podcast's second and a half birthday. Aww. Yeah. It's getting old. Mm-hmm. Like you. And we're done. <laughs> well seasoned. <laughs> he made a food pun. You can't tell, but I'm glaring. I can hear it. Glare. It's not very effective. Glare. <laughs> so while they're glaring at each other I'm not glaring shh. Hi, I'm your grill mistress Aaron Kazmark And I'm the dish boy, Theo Theo has no last name Well, he's married to me We share a last name I'm not name. sure who I pity more He's Kaz, I'm Mark So Kaz you're Aaron Mark? Story. Yes, Aaron Mark Okay Ha, ha, ha and I I'm- get it <laughs> And I'm the important one, the head chef, A.F. Grappin. I will actually concede that you are the important one, because you do all the audio editing. Yeah, I do. So. So what do we have in store for today, guys? Well, stores have a lot of things. I mean, do you want a complete inventory list of store items, or? Or we could have a store E. I like that idea better. Theo? I'm going to go with words. That's words, words, words. We we has words. We have many words. Do we have clean dishes for a main ingredient? Always. Okay. He's a good dish boy. He is a good dish boy. Yes, We're petting the dish boy. Pet the dish boy. Pet the dish boy. It's well, a little awkward. <laughs> a little. Uh, while we continue petting the dish boy, why don't we give you a main ingredient story? Bon appetit. Jetpack by J.K. Miles. Dear God, why would you want one of those? Excuse me? I just... I have all the paperwork uploaded. Let's see. Yes, you do. But why would you want a jetpack? Well, you know, why would anyone want one? To fly. Is your internal regulator functioning properly? I'm sorry, my internal... The chip. The chip. Oh, well, I, I, um, I don't have one. Dear God, why don't you have a chip? You know, you keep using the word God. It's just a figure of speech. You know, text speak, OMG. Because in this scientific age, a minister of requisition such as yourself- Don't change the subject. You still haven't told me why you don't have a chip installed. Why should I? Why should you tell me? Because you are required by the charter of this biosphere. Shall I call up the appropriate subparagraph on your reader? No, I mean, why should I have a chip? Are you serious? This isn't one of those shows on GoogleNet, is it? Your external camera is not on, is it? Nope. See, my Google Glass has a purely internal sensor array. So why should I have a chip, really? Because your health and safety matters. To who? To whom? To whom does it matter? Okay, to whom does it matter? 
Well, to you, sir, jetpacks are dangerous. I have also requisitioned the Anderson Portable Protection Shield. Your safety matters to everyone. My safety matters to everyone? How come? Dear God, what do you mean, how come? Because everyone is responsible for everyone's well-being. We are a community. Yeah, so? What do you mean, yeah, so? If the biospheric sweepers have to scrape you off the side of a dome, we all suffer. Seems I would be the one suffering in that scenario. You are dense. Are you sure I'm not being pranked? Did Arlene and Family Services put you up to this? No, she didn't. Besides, I don't plan on flying inside the biosphere. You really are crazy, aren't you? You want to go outside? Why? There's nothing to see but miles and miles of wasteland. Oh, I don't know. Maybe above the troposphere, out among the nacreous clouds somewhere near the Aurora Borealis, I might see the sun. Nobody's looked since we built these domes. And for good reason. Who knows what sort of toxic infections you might come back flying in that soup. Don't you get it? No. Explain it to me. Health and safety is everyone's right and consequently everyone's responsibility. That means unhealthy behavior like flying around willy-nilly with a jetpack cannot be encouraged. Your internal regulator would have told you this. If you had one. To think otherwise is seriously deranged. Oh wait, you aren't one of those subversives, are you? Is this a protest? Are you wasting my... That is, the Ministry of Health's... Time? Look, I've uploaded the forms. It's 2044 for goodness sake. I just want my jetpack. Hey, Thea. Yes? Thanks for your participation in that story. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. That's pretty much all he did is he was here just being quiet. He's a good listener. I'm not. No. What? Huh? Oi. Okay, I'm, I need to practice. Let's listen to a promo, and then you can quiz me on it afterwards. Okay. Deal. Ever notice that it gets dark just before it's time for bed? That's pretty convenient, isn't it? I can think of a dozen uses for Vegemite. Not a single one involves actual consumption. Hundreds, sometimes thousands, of random and quirky thoughts flip through our little brains every day. Thinking about founding the International Order of Dainty Silk Underwear Inspectors. Strictly for science, of course. Sometimes we allow those thoughts to surface long enough to be recognized as hidden gems. Don't look now, but I'm naked. Under my clothes. Scott E. Pond has been collecting his random thoughts and observations for the last six years. Mental Graffiti contains the best of the best, hand-selected for you for this volume. Whoever let loose ninja goats into my dream last night 
Screw you! You ruined a perfectly good top-secret mission I was on with Celine Dion. Mental Graffiti. Available on Amazon in both ebook and print on January 29th, 2016. Sometimes, you need to take a can of spray paint to your brain. Other times, your brain is the spray paint. So tell me, what was that promo? Slightly over a minute long. Oh, you got one right. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Okay, so we have timing, but what about content? It contained some. (laughs) That's what you do. You contain content. Ladies and gentlemen, your host. (laughs) Moving right along. We have something for you, but I'm not sure what it is. <gasps> it sounds like... It could be a... Cue dramatic music. Dun-dun-dun, dramatic reverb. Mystery meal. Ooh, scary fingers. Your fingers aren't... Anomaly arms. You can't tell, but we're doing anomaly arms. It's bad. Kind of like Night of the Living Dead out here. I need the paper with words on it. You will get the paper with words on it. Will it, will it be the right paper with it words on it? It will be the correct paper no, with left words paper on it. Anon. It is coming anon. That's what she said. Yeah, I know. She's a filthy whore. Good thing she's dead. <gasps> How did she die? She was a filthy whore. Oh, oh no. It's, it's a mystery. <laughs> I don't know. It's a mystery. Because I'm totally not recording right now. It's a mystery you can kneel on. <laughs> Mystery meal. There we go. You're welcome. (laughs) Yay, Lastie. Come on, Lastie. I always bet on that horse. (laughs) Aaron, you want to tell the listeners how mystery meals work? I don't know. It's a mystery. Uh, Are you Aaron? (laughs) No. Well, we are married. One flesh. One mind. Dear God. One of us. One of us. So am I part of this marriage conglomerate? Just without the benefits. Damn it. (laughs) All right, so mystery meal. We take a scene from classic literature and turn it into a Mad Lib. We ask for verbs, nouns, adverbs, whatever it is we need to fill the blanks in the story on our Twitter and Facebook accounts. You supply, and a cat sneezes, and magically... Those words are put in place in the Mad Lib. To take the place of different words. Yeah. Because, or else it would just have extra words and that wouldn't be as funny. No. Yeah. No. Keep in mind the audio is as unedited as we can make it. <laughs> so Meaning we don't edit it. And we talk about horse. Apparently. And guess what? We finally have Theo back. Hi. Woo! So he's going to be reading our mystery meal. I have returned. Well, you never left. You just left. For work. Damn working nights. <laughs> so what book is this from, Theo? The Prince and the Pauper by Mark Twain. I believe, if I'm correct, that I did the opening scene. So this is the very beginning of the book. Oh, it's been a while since you did this one? Yeah. <laughs> Proceed. Proceeding. In the ancient city of Inside My Kilt. <laughs> on a certain autumn day, in the second quarter... Of the 666th century. Say that five times fast. (laughs) No. (laughs) A boy was born to a moldy family of the name of Canty, who did not want him. 
On the same day, another Lithuanian child was born to a rich family of the name of Tudor, who did want him. <laughs> See how the difference is? <laughs> All Estonia wanted him, too. Because they, they just like to do what everyone else does. I'll do whatever Hildy does. England had so longed for him, and hoped for him, and prayed God for him, that now that he had, yeah, now that he was really come, the people went nearly mad for joy. <laughs> Mere acquaintances titillated and sautéed each other and cried. <laughs> oh my. That sounds like hell. <laughs> Everybody took a holiday, and high and low, rich and poor, Feasted and danced and wallowed. <laughs> Got very mellow. <laughs> mellow. <laughs> and they kept this up for days and nights together. <laughs> yeah, they did. By day, London was a sight to see, with gay fungal growths <laughs> waving from every balcony and housetop. That, yeah, and <laughs> that's historically accurate. <laughs> and splendid pageants running along. By night, it was again a sight to see, with its great bonfires at every post office, oh, and its troops of revelers making merry around them. <laughs> they weren't big on literature back then. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> there was no talk in all England, but of the ripe baby, Gilbert <laughs> Tudor. <laughs> Proctologist <Ripe>. of Wales. <laughs> If he's a ripe baby, someone needs to change his diaper. <laughs> baby have a poopy? <laughs> proctologist, proctologist of Wales. Our proctologist. Who lay lapped in silks and satins, unconscious of all this fuss, and not knowing that great lords and ladies were tending him and watching over him, and not caring either. But there was no talk of the other baby, Tom Canty, lapped in his poor pocket protector, except among the family of paupers whom he had just come to trouble with his presence. Well, that's just depressing. I forgot how depressing that book is. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I know his family hates him. <laughs> Let us skip 615 years. <laughs> um, so all the people we just told you about are now dead. <laughs> and we're definitely in a different century now. <laughs> At this point, I think we're talking about Tom Canty's clone. Steve. <laughs> no, Tom. <laughs> London was 1,100 years old. Again, not big on literature. Science took a hit. And was a perverted town. For yeah. For that day. Oh, but just that day. <laughs> it had... Zero thousand inhabitants. <laughs> Again, cannot say this enough. Literature and science took a hit. <laughs> Something double as many. <laughs> the streets were very delicious and crooked and dirty. Especially in the part where Tom Canty lived. Which was not far from a public swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> Or or was it the bathroom? Well, remember, there's no pee in our pool, so let's keep it that way. Uh. <laughs> the houses were made of wood. <laughs> with the second story projecting over the first, and the third sticking its elbows out beyond the second. The higher the houses grew, the broader they grew, 
Like an inverse pyramid. It's going to collapse sometime. <laughs> they were skeletons of strong crisscross beams with solid material between, coated with plaster. The beams were painted off beige, or mulberry, <laughs> or zebra-striped, <laughs> according to the owner's taste. Which was fabulous, by the way. Taste. <laughs> and this gave the houses a very succulent look. Off beige. It's off. <laughs> it's not quite beige. <laughs> the windows were squishy. <laughs> glazed. Like donuts. <laughs> with little diamond-shaped panes. And they opened outward on hinges like doors. <laughs> what is even happening right now? <laughs> well... You know what happens, you know, when God closes a door. So when he opens a squishy paint window. window. <laughs> the pie, which Tom's father lived in. Because <laughs> he didn't live in one of those houses that we just described. Was up a foul little pocket called Awful Court. Now, awful and awful. Different spellings, same meaning. Out of Kimchi Lane. <laughs> mm. Stinky. It was panty dropping. <laughs> decayed. Sorry. And rickety. But it was packed full of wretchedly poor swamp elementals. <laughs> the job um. market's really hard nowadays, okay? <laughs> Canty's tribe occupied a room on the 8,775,309th floor. 8675309. Oh. <laughs> the mother and father had a sort of bedstead in the corner. Yeah, they did. But Tom, his grandmother, and his two vibrators, Bet and Nan, <laughs> were not restricted. No wonder his family hates him. <laughs> Back then. <laughs> they had all the floor to themselves and might breed where they chose. <laughs> Southern London. There were the remains of a basket or two, and some bundles of ancient and dirty straw. But these could not rightly be called beds, for they were not organized. They were shredded into a general pile. Mornings. So like where I sleep. A general pile of shreds. Disordered blankets. Why are you owing? You know that. <laughs> yeah. They were shredded into a general pile. Mornings and selections made from the mass at night for service. <laughs> the end. <laughs> he does not live in, in any good situation at all. <laughs> Gilbert Tudor. Oh, my. <laughs> Just, oh, my. We're sorry, Mr. Twain. Nah, I think he'd have a sense of humor about it. I think he'd like it. I think so, too. I think he'd be a good Mad Libber. Thanks, guys! Can you imagine being born the proctologist of Wales? <laughs> Knowing your whole life that your destiny is to just shove your hand up Wales' bum? They did have, um, oh, what was it? Attendance of the stool closet for King. Seriously, that... you held the cloth that the royal bum was wiped with, and sometimes they even did the wiping.
So that's a shit the melting job. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the melting podcast is a very educational show, apparently. <laughs> well cultured. It, it it was shut up. Uh huh. No, it, it was considered a great honor, actually. Imagine that. Hmm. Proctologist. Sorry, that's just fun to say. <laughs> it wasn't a great having Theo read again. It's so good to have him back. Yay! I enjoyed this. Aw, <laughs> we enjoy you. And speaking of things we're enjoying, we're actually on vacation right now. Woo! Yeah, Woo! So, this is, so this is our dedication that we're actually, you know, putting up an episode while we're Several states away from home. Yay! State of bliss. I hope so. Hells yes. That'll be nice. More a state of calories. Mmm. So it's about time to wrap this up so we can go enjoy the end of our vacation. Yeah. yeah. First order of business. The current contest we have going on right now. Write a flash fiction story, 1,500 words or less, based on prompt number 12. Write a story featuring some kind of mystic cheese. Submit it to us at themeltingpodcast at gmail.com by February 10th, and you're automatically entered to win um, the audible versions of all three books of Chris Jackson's Cheese Runners trilogy. That's three free audiobooks, guys. All you gotta do is write a story and you're entered. Mmm, cheese. cheese. I love cheese. Yeah. We'll announce the winner on February 14th. Or 15th, whenever our Valentine's episode comes up. Probably the 15th. Is it safe to run with cheese? Yeah. Even if it's sharp? Cheddar? <laughs> that was clever. I'm proud of that. <laughs> we done good. We done good. Aw, Gus, are you feeling a little blue? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We know how to make you feel good. <laughs> Leave me provolone. <laughs> Sorry. We've created a monster. <laughs> Just breathe. Just breathe. I'm sorry. This is too much to camembert. <laughs> that was a bit of a stretch, but I'm still sticking to it. Gorgonzola you know what, away. <laughs> so you know what else is a bit of a stretch? Mozzarella. Uh... Don't forget to tip your waitress, guys. That would be me. <laughs> Try the veal. We're here all week. So anyway... After they've written a story about Mystic Cheese and submitted it to us, what else can they do while they're on their computer? <laughs> Say on, uh, you know, a place like iTunes. Well, they can always, you know, leave us a rating. Such as? We're the best. Like, how many stars? All of them. I agree. I'm going to go with five? I, I like Aaron's idea of all of them. All, all of them. them. All of the stars. Give us all of the stars. It boosts us, people. It really helps people find us and helps us get out there more. So, you know, more people know about us. Therefore, they also send us stuff and we get more stuff out to you. And it's just it's this vicious cycle, but it's not very vicious. It's actually kind of fluffy. 
it, and cuddly. It, it's a friendly cycle. It's a friendly cycle. A cycle of giving. It doesn't sneeze like the cats do. No. no. It's nothing to sneeze at. Wow. Okay. Once they're done at iTunes, leaving us all the star reviews, what can they do at, say, shop.spreadshirt.com slash the melting podcast? Buy our stuff. What kind of stuff? Stuff with us on it. Like? Our logo. <gasps> like aprons and, and, and mugs and, and I don't know, awesome stuff. You Good. know you want it. You know you want to wear our faces. Mm-hmm. You can hear how cute they are. Mm-hmm. I would challenge someone to take our logo and put it on a credit card. So once they're done buying swag, swag, where else online can they go? Well, to our Patreon. Oh, patreon.com slash afgrappin. That would be it. Yeah. What can they do at Patreon? Patronize us. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second. Give me a second. <laughs> you know, no, no, I'm not giving you a second. She was right. Go to patreon.com, patronize us by throwing some dollars at your computer screen. And the, some of those dollars will go through cyberspace in the form of a pledge that you send us every episode. And in return, you get bonus content and additional swag that you can't get at our Spreadshirt shop. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, every year we'll be putting out a Patreon backers only episode, which the one from last year, gotta say, guys, again, because I said it a lot before, you really want to hear this. That was the extra content I was talking about. Yeah. 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 Yearly Patreon episode. Um, Like I said, swag and donations help us, you know, support the website and we'd love to hit our goal of actually being able to pay the people who send us stories. Pay for stories, pay for guest voice acting, mm-hmm. pay for all of that. Yeah. In the long run, we would love to upgrade our sound equipment. Because as of right now, I'm sure you can hear the cat wheezing in the background. We'd like to not have that problem. Yeah. But first, paying contributors. That's that's more important to us That's right our now. main goal right yeah. now. So head over to patreon.com. It would, it would really help. Muchly. Yeah. Okay. Last but not least, prompts. Not promos. Not promos. Prompts. Prompts. Theo, would you do the honors of giving us prompt number 11? Prompt number 11. The empanadas you just took out of the oven exploded, and something alive is emerging. (gasps) See, this is why I love having him around for for this, because the announcer voice. I mean, come on. I do add well, a sort of dramatic effect. Now you have to live up to it, Aaron. Read us prompt number 12, even though I've already said it like twice. Yeah. And prompt number 12. Write a story featuring some kind of mystic cheese. I didn't realize we had an AI here to read the prompts. Uh-huh. Nice. Thank you. And special guest, Rainy. Kitty. I did not approve this guest. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the cat just grunted. I hope you picked it up. Oh my god, you are a crazy cat person. I can Put attest the kitty to this. Down. No. Put the kitty down and finish the episode. No. Can you finish the episode while holding the kitty? Yeah. I don't believe you. I can finish the episode while holding the kitty. Can you not talk like that? No. <laughs> then put the kitty down. Say send us stuff. No. We're almost done. Just say send, no. send us stuff. No. That's how you put the kitty down. No. Put the kitty down. Kitty. Put the kitty down. Oh. 
So, I hate you, cat. <laughs> <laughs> so send us stuff. We'll use it to feed the masses. Oh, come on. Stop pouting. <laughs> so send us stuff again. So send us stuff. And we'll use it to feed the masses. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Mao. Thank you for listening to The Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast. Or you can email us themeltingpodcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project. And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek. Send us stuff!